Welcome in, welcome in to the Friday edition of the DNBR Avalanche podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. I am once again your host for the day, Jesse Montano, joined as always by Megan Angley and AJ Hayfley. Uh, we're here about what, 30, 45 minutes after the uh, NHL draft has concluded for 2022. Uh Second round went, or me, second day went about as expected. Uh, nothing too crazy. These second days always go really, really quick. Uh, I remember being there in 2017 in Dallas with AJ. Um, and we were talking about it like, oh, yeah, the second day goes quick. Be ready. And it was, became one of those things where if we didn't have both of us there, we wouldn't have been able to be writing and getting the interviews. It happens very fast. And that was kind of how today unfolded. But Yesterday was maybe one of the more drama-filled first rounds um, in recent memory. So we're going to get into all of that, talk some winners and losers, and then we will touch very briefly on the two selections the Avs did make. Uh, once Rudo gets back into town, we will do a little bit of a deeper dive uh, into these two young men. Uh, but all in all, really a pretty insignificant a uh, couple of days for the Colorado Avalanche in terms of players they drafted. Obviously, they make the big move uh, yesterday, uh, acquiring Alexander Georgiev from the New York Rangers in exchange for two third-round picks, one this year, one next year, and a fifth-round pick this year. So let's go ahead and jump right into this. Uh, we Today's show is going to be a little bit more league-focused. There was a lot going on in the last couple of days, a lot of big deals getting done, Uh and like I said, this top five was maybe one of the crazier top fives um, that I can remember. Go ahead. I was gonna. I was gonna keep going, but that was an inhale, like you had something. Have at it. Uh, so your top five is as follows: Montreal goes with Yuri Slavkovsky at number one. The Devils take Simon Nemich at two, becoming not only Yuri Slavkovsky, becoming not only the first ever. Slovak taken one overall, but Slovaks are actually taken at one and two. Looks like Shane Wright had fallen into the laps of the Arizona Coyotes, but they opt to go with the American in Logan Cooley, um, also a center. And then the Seattle Kraken. Really, I don't even know. Like, I, I'm not sure. I'll be anxious to hear kind of how the story of this one unfolds because I don't think they were expecting to have Shane Wright available at four, but that is where Shane Wright ends up going to Seattle. And then Cutter uh, Gautier goes to the Philadelphia Flyers at five. Uh, Hannah was in the room uh, with me at number five, and she said Cutter isn't a real name. So that was uh, her hard-hitting analysis of the top five. Uh, AJ, you, you've got some I think I think we should have actually just given her the draft board. And we should have we should have let her make a comment for each pick. And that should have been the show today. So she actually, right before it started, because she, you know, she always, uh, you know, Hannah, she, she's a great, mm. great spirit, very, very free. And she walks into the room right before the first pick. They said, what do you think? Slavkovsky or right? And she goes, Kofsky. And so she had it. She didn't get the name right, but she nailed the pick. She was uh, just saving time. Right, right, right. Yeah. Slavkovsky. You have an F and a K next to each other. What's going on here? Um, AJ, you were shaking your head there. What were what was going through your mind? You said yesterday you got to just enjoy the draft this year. Mm. Did you enjoy that top five? I especially enjoyed it because we had gone upstairs to make dinner. 
uh, and did not have phones on us, so there was nothing. We had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Uh, and we were literally just sitting in the living room, just watching the draft. And it was great. It was great theater. Um, them announcing uh, multiple Chicago trades and uh, the uh, like that three-way deal, the Kirby Doc thing, the, the Islanders, of course, getting involved and right. wasting their first-round pick on a on a bum. That was a uh, that was a good time. Um, yeah, no, I uh, I thought it was great theater. Uh, it was great, and this was one of the years where. Nobody really had a very good feel, and everybody had had kind of said coming into it, look, this could go chalk the way that we all kind of guess it. It did not go that way, and it made for great theater, even though, um, you know, my attachment to PHNX means that I was mad. Yeah, uh, definitely uh, Shades of 2012 when it was looking like Seth Jones was maybe – uh, the number one overall ends up falling to four. Same thing happens here uh, with Shane Wright. Megan, where were you taking in the draft? What was kind of going through your head? I, I mean, honestly, this was a this was a chaotic opening 30, 45 minutes at the NHL draft, kind of unlike what we've seen the last few years. I was just here at home after the Georgiev news. I just stayed home and turned the Twitter notifications on. So I was made aware of each pick as it came through. Yeah. Um, and I actually went into the PHNX live for a little bit of it to see some of the real-time reactions um, when Shane Wright wasn't initially selected. The chat seemed pretty set on Cooley, even still. It was really interesting to watch that unfold, just because when you're removed from that fan base, you see things completely differently. Well, it's so funny. I was talking to my dad during the the Avs, you know, th- this run that they were just going on, and um, I think it was after game one of the cup final, I was talking to him and obviously, you know, my family, big abs fans. And he was saying, he's like, man, it's hard when it's, when you have a vested interest, it's hard to just like appreciate. Yeah. Good theater, a great game, whatever. And so like you said, from our standpoint, especially with the abs having very little to do in this draft, just getting to sit back and take it all in. It was, it was a ton of fun to watch, but yeah, you're, you're wondering what's going through the mind. Uh, of some of these fan bases, you know, Montreal, that first pick in a draft like this is the tough one, right? Cause you have to be the one to make the decision. But when you do that, you think that a lot of that stuff will just kind of slot in after what was interesting to me was that the devils kind of drafted to need. Um, and then AJ, I'm curious. Cause when you started shaking your head was when I got to the Logan Cooley pick. I'd like I'd like your thoughts, AJ, on obviously we don't need to get into the player too much. We've got that coming on a later show. On the Devils going with Nemich, and then the Coyotes going with Cooley and letting Shane Wright fall all the way to four. Uh I think Tom I think Tom Fitzgerald is incompetent and should be not given a GM job in the NHL. Um and seeing the work that he's done with the Devils really just uh reinforces that. I, I just don't think like this is like the cardinal sin of the NHL draft is that yeah. you get too cute at the top. You you have insane lotto luck. You, <laughs> you, they've won they've won two lotteries and now jumped up to second place in another one. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. 
So I them them deciding, hey, we're not gonna we're not gonna go best player available. We're gonna we're gonna go with position wise. We're gonna go with this uh, with the defender, and then they go with the defender that I am personally am iffy on. Uh, yeah. As as the second overall pick, like you have to be right. You have to be right about that, especially because you pass up a guy in in Shane Wright that, you know, you he could have been your your Jordan Stahl, you know, the the he could have been your third center. You could have you could have put him in a completely no pressure environment. Right. Uh, He could have gone back to the OHL for a year and then and then rolled into the NHL next season and whatever. And now uh you're I, that kid. That kid has all the pressure in the world to be an all-star caliber defenseman. Stud, yeah. If he's not, if he's not a monster in the NHL, then uh, he's gonna feel it every day. Yeah, and so uh, I know and I, asked I, just, you... I just think that that's good. They, they broke the cardinal rule the, yeah. the the of of the NHL draft of of drafting for your current team needs and not trying to get the the player that you think is gonna be the very best one. I, I just think that it's just I understand that they've got Hughes and and Heesher down the middle, but that's to me that is crazy down. Well, and so I I know I asked you for your thoughts on on two and three, but I'm gonna I'm gonna cut in here because this is a conversation you and I have had going all the way back to the old BSN Avalanche draft pods mm-hmm. in the in the media school. Do you at the top of the draft? For the NHL, do you take best available or do you draft a position? And I think you and I pretty much every time have always come back around to if you are in the top five, especially the top three, you take the best player available and you deal with what you need to deal with later. Um, Look how teams consistently get themselves in trouble trying to force it. You know, you you have Arizona taking Barrett Hayden over Quinn Hughes a few years ago. You have uh, Montreal taking Kokaniemi over Kachuk a few years ago because they those are teams that were just we have to get a center we have yeah. to get a center and so you take you take a prospect that's just not as good and then you throw the pressure on being a tip top pick on top of that guy having to live up to something where it's like. If he absolutely maxes out, he could live up to this billing. But the chances that any any player like absolutely hits that, it's just so low. How much of this, Megan, when you're watching this and seeing these types of players that are being taken? I had this thought because there was two picks in particular, and I'm, I'm, I'm searching my brain for the second one was, and I'll, I'll find it here in my notes in just a second. There was two picks in particular, the first one being Simon Nemich. Gabe Landeskog made the comment on the ice after the Avs won the cup. Every team's going to try to find their kill McCarr. Do you think maybe there was a couple teams that took some swings here? Like AJ said, like, oh, well, if we get this guy to be 105% of who we think he could be, maybe he could have a similar effect for us. Do you think maybe some teams got a little bit too in their own heads? I think it's possible. Like even looking at what's going on with Chicago and they pass on a player like Bowen Byram and we see what for Kirby Doc, and we see what has become of Bowen Byram. I feel like this is in a lot of teams' heads. Um, so I don't doubt that the nature of how teams want to draft for their organization is changed a little bit um, because of what they've seen a front office like the Avalanche do. 
Well, and, and so it was it was Korchinski. Is that how you say it? He, he was so it's funny you bring up Chicago because he was the one that I actually jotted down a quick note where it was like, is that maybe what they're trying to do? Are they trying to find their next, you know, defenseman that can activate from the back end? You make a great point, AJ. I think I saw you say something about it yesterday on Twitter. You pass up on Bowen Byram to take Kirby Doc. You end up giving up on Kirby Doc, which we're going to get to here in a minute. And then you see teams kind of falling all over themselves to, to take these defensemen that emulate what the Avs have been doing. Um, it was a really strange first round. AJ Logan Cooley. Dynamic player, high-end skill. Seems like you still would have taken Shane Wright. Let me ask you, how many how many number one centers in the NHL right now are five foot ten? Crosby's eleven, right? Five foot eleven. Yep. So it's like Jack Hughes. Yeah. Patrick. Nope. Nope. Not a number one center. <laughs> nope. 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 Uh. All right. I'm not trying to turn this into a trivia show. No, I'm just, no, no, I'm no. just I, I, making I, the I'm point. I'm searching my brain. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just making the point um, that uh, look, I'm I'm not a person who is obsessed with size, and I'm all about trying to get dynamic talent and all that, you know. But let's be real here: Logan Cooley absolutely has to max out for this to have been the right call, because I was all about Arizona taking Logan Cooley at three. I had no issues with it, assuming Shane Wright was gone. Right. Because he's a dynamic skater. He's got a ton of talent. He could be he could be a really talented guy. But now the onus is on him to absolutely max out. Because right now, if he does not, if he does not become a number one center, and he he becomes a pretty good NHL player and he gets to two and he becomes a number two center. He's not going to have the kind of defensive acumen to fall back on like a Shane Wright would have where you're saying, look, even if this guy does not become an 80-point guy and he's not driving the bus and he's not all this, at the end of the day, Shane Wright is going to be an elite defensive center. He's going to be one of the very best defensive centers in the NHL for a long time. He's going to take the Patrice Bergeron torch and go wrong with it because he's he's got that kind of profile. He's going to be excellent in his own zone and i think it, your worst your worst projection of shane of shane Wright is that he's a 2030 guy he gives you 50 points and he he ends up having a career more like a more like a, a diet ryan o'reilly like and for me that's like worst case because the floor is just so high with him he has so many he has so many skills He's already so good at so many things, and being in the in the losing a year of development and being in the spotlight the way that he was for three straight years, uh, I just don't think it did him any favors. And I think the entire NHL just handed Ron Francis a pathway to success in the future because Shane Wright and Matty Beniers is an amazing way to build down the middle for an expansion team. That's 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 the Yahtzee of Yahtzees. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, so, so let's Arizona, especially for an organization that said that they want to build around size and this and that. Like, I, I, in theory, I love the idea that they that they just took 
a really dynamic talent. They said, screw size. We're just going to try and hit a grand slam here. We're going to try and get the most dynamic guy that we can and build around him and just hope it goes well. But they're on they're on page one of the story. This is the right. first draft of this rebuild. They've got three or four more of these things coming. And that's not to say that, oh, their chances of getting a number one center are better elsewhere. But they need to get some of these picks right. And uh, that's not a pun. Uh, I just think that they I just think that they blew this one. Um, and look, history might tell a different story. Logan Cooley could go on to, to, to be the best player in this draft. He has that kind of ceiling. He has that kind of potential. It's just, I, I just picture this world where he becomes a pretty good player and right. Shane Wright becomes who we think Shane Wright's going to be. And you're looking at it and Arizona is fighting for a wild card spot, you know, because they've got, they've got this one way guy in, in Cooley because Cooley just will never have the defensive game that Wright does. And I, I, I for me, I'm just, I don't know how you pass up a guy uh, that that polished that that's that that you're that comfortable right. will become a really really good NHL player even if he's not elite. <clears throat> I understand you have to get elite talent, you have to swing for the fences, but again, Arizona's on. This is their first draft of this, right? Right, like, right, right. It's like a great point. They're they're gonna have next year where there's an insane amount of high end talent. They're tanking again next year. Yeah. To give themselves that opportunity, they're because uh, next year, you know, if things go well for them and they end up with, they end up with uh, 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 one of those one of those top kids, you know, they end up with a Bedard or a Mitchkov or a Fantilli, they're they're set, and the big swing that they took this year on Logan Gooley matters a lot less. Yeah, and Shane Shane Wright was just a was just a set and forget, stone cold lock to build around for the next several years of this rebuild process for them. And instead Armstrong went out and basically said, okay, well a large portion of this rebuild is going to now depend on that very first pick that he made in, in Logan Cooley. Um, I loved, I loved what they did with geeky. Um, I hated what they did with the defenseman at the end of round one. That kid sucks. He's not going to be any good. Those guys never are. Uh, that's the NHL's longtime obsession with an old school archetype that does not play well in the NHL today. We see those guys get eaten up all the time. And <laughs> so my, my, my excitement about that pick doesn't exist, <laughs> but that's just my personal thing. That's fine. Right. <clears throat> but the Cooley thing, I just, it just seemed like such an unnecessary risk on step one of your rebuild. How much of this do you think, and this is for either of you guys, how much of this do you think was they had kind of decided on Cooley, they didn't think Wright would be there, and then when they got up there, they just kind of stuck to their guns? Because I, I wondered I, about this yesterday. They don't think that Wright is going to be there, so they did a ton of homework on Cooley. Right. They were really comfortable with the idea of taking him, and when Wright was there, they were just a little more uncomfortable with that process. But this was a team that tanked for for the first pick all year. They had to have spent. They they probably had a guy attached to Shane Wright the entire season. Yeah. They they could not uh, that they ended up with a third pick was a late development, not something they knew all along. So 
I, 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 I'm not buying that so much, and I think that they just boofed it personally. And I like, I like Logan Cooley. Like, yeah, I think, I think he has truly the highest ceiling of any player in the draft. He could be an absolute monster if he totally maxes out. I just don't. I just don't like the chances of that happening. Well, and and, and I guess what you were saying a minute ago, I, I actually I totally agree with because they were talking about this even on the broadcast on the national ESPN broadcast. Like these same Coyotes are going to be right back up here at the top of the draft next year. Next year's draft is we talked about it going all the way back to trade deadline. GMs were valuing 2023 first over 2022 first. That is very rare to see mm. that a GM would rather have your first round pick next year than the upcoming draft. That's how loaded next year's draft is supposed to be a lot of high end skill at the top. I'm with you. It's, it's weird that they chose this to be their, their big swing when you could have taken the safe pick and then taken <laughs> that swing next year. And Ron Francis has the easiest job of anybody yesterday. Yeah. He just gets out of he just gets out of the NHL's way and takes Shane right and is like Well, and there is even you. there was even talk there for a second that are they gonna do that? Could Shane Wright fall all the way to five in Philly? And um so so no, it, it was honestly good for Seattle. Uh I, I thought they really kind of botched that expansion draft. Um, uh, but they've made some good moves since. Uh they, they they had a they had a good trade deadline and and um Honestly, the rest of their draft really kind of became irrelevant uh, to AJ's point. Once I got up there and got Shane Wright, uh, I thought this this draft was a uh, was a success for them. I want to start talking about some of the deals that were made over the last couple of days because it definitely has shaken up the landscape a bit. Uh, there's also uh, some rumors floating around out there uh, about some potential abs. Looked like maybe there was some uh, Kemper chatter today about trading some rights. We're going to get into all that. But... Of course, I just completely lost my train of thought after I said, but I uh, got to remind you guys about uh, our great friends over there at Evoca TV. Season's over, and if you weren't able to watch the Nuggets, Abs, or the Rapids, now you can get all of those Colorado teams that you love on Evoca. That's E-V-O-C-A. Evoca is a totally new approach to TV. Uh, it's a uh, delivery system that is less expensive, easy to watch, and it offers a superior picture that is 100% true. Anytime you're streaming it, it's going to come in a lot nicer. Uh, service includes local networks like Altitude Sports, AT&T, Sportsnet, and other national channels. Evoca TV is growing constantly, and they're adding new channels to their lineup all the time, including the DNVR channel, my favorite channel. We are now live on Evoca TV with our own channel. Check us out right there for your daily Colorado sports needs. Service is now available in Denver and Colorado Springs, and most importantly, Above all else, Evoca TV has altitude sports, so you can get all of those abs and nuggets as the abs start uh, their quest to defend the Stanley Cup next year. You will be able to get every game as well as the Nuggets, Rapids, Mammoth. You can also get coverage of the CSU Rams and Denver Pioneers for Megan, so you know she's already got like three different subscriptions set up for this. Uh <laughs> Baseball is underway. It's the summertime, of course. You can get the Rockies on AT&T Sportsnet, Rocky Mountain. All of your favorite Colorado sports teams are right there on Evoca TV. Go to evoca.tv slash DNVR. That's E-V-O-C-A dot TV slash DNVR. Use the promo code DNVR and you will get $10 off your first three months. So it's only $15 per month for the first three months plus your receiver. No contracts, no hidden fees. 
just great television. Head on over to evoca.tv slash DNVR. Also brought to you guys by our good friends over at Breckridge Brewery. And Breckridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR with all of their beers uh, going to be on tap once we get the DNVR bar 2.0 open back up. We'll have all their seltzers uh, in store as well. Not in store, in stock. Uh, Breck Brew has a beer for any occasion. There is no better way to watch a game than having some Breck Brew. They've been doing it for over 30 years. It all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. Try out some of our favorites, the Good Company Hard Seltzers, the Lemonade Seltzers. It's a summertime. I was at a, a barbecue last week. They didn't even have beer. It was just all seltzers and lemonade seltzers. It's like, yeah, it's 2022. Get with it. Avalanche Amber uh, Ale, Juice Drop IPA, Summer Pill Shandy, Strawberry Sky, and the Vanilla Porter Jr. Use that Breck Beer Locator app on your phone to find out where they are being sold near you. Head on down to the farmhouse and check out uh, their amazing uh, brewery and facility down there. Restaurant. It's awesome. We will hopefully have some events lined up with them this summer dnvr avalanche podcast brought to you by DraftKings sportsbook jesse joined by megan and aj crazy top five yesterday uh like i said it kind of reminded me of 2012 where really kind of went off the board went away that not a lot of people maybe had it drawn up uh shane wright falling he, he was what maybe not the consensus number one but he was ranked number one for three years for this draft ends up falling all the way to four at the last second as the Montreal Canadiens take Yuri Slavkovsky at number one, but those I didn't drafts... actually care about that pick at all. I th- what number I th- one? Yeah, like I, I think it's. I thought it was a mistake for Montreal, but I can at least appreciate where they're coming from with it. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it's it, it's one of those things. Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to 2012. Although I guess I mean this kind of reinforces what we were talking about off the top. A lot of people thought the absolute taking Seth Jones because they needed the D, but they took the best player available. And once you know it, yeah, I mean it, it wasn't out. that big of a surprise though because the abs publicly no. said we're taking a forward like two weeks before the draft. Like Patrick Wall was like, we're taking one of the forwards. We just don't know which one yet. Yeah, of course he knew. Like they knew they were taking McKinnon, but. Right. Yeah, 20, 2013 was a wild time, man. That was a, that turned out to be a pretty good draft. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> or did I say twenty twelve? Twenty thirteen? Sorry. Um, we forget twenty twelve. We the Fs just didn't participate. Yeah. Uh, that was the uh, Forsberg, right? <clears throat> yeah, Lama. that was Varley deal. Um. So yeah, the, the, I mean the draft picks, like you said, I I can see where they're coming from, but you really got to hope that kid hits and look. If Slavkovsky hits his ceiling, then great. We all know nothing, and the Canadians know everything. But uh, we'll see. It's hard to build around wings, man. You—that's another conversation we've had for years. Um, the draft picks were actually honestly just half the story. I woke up relatively early this morning. I was like, "All right, it's draft day, day two. Got to beat. Make sure I'm on top of everything. Uh, you know, phones charged, all that stuff." And by the time I got up there was already so much stuff in the works. Um, I actually, I'm, I'm working on trying to get it all pulled up in front of me here. Uh, you have, so while you do that, uh, yesterday, Marc-Andre Fleury resigned, uh, and we kind of touched on it a little bit. 
uh, you know, just the abs market and that he was one of the options and blah, 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 blah. Do you guys remember at the end of the regular season or at the end of the, the season, can't, things were a little salty with Cam Talbot? Oh, yeah. And the wild. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen what happened today. Yep. Salty. I was going to get there. Yep. Yeah. But um, Pierre Lebrun reporting that uh, Bill Guerin met with Talbot's agent. And the agent said, we both stated our positions. Billy has a lot to think about. And Garen responded on the record by saying, I "I don't have shit to do. Cam Talbot's under contract. George can say whatever the hell he wants. My team is set right now, and that's the way it goes. We can have all the discussions we want. Cam's a member of our team. We Shut really, up. He did not say this. We really like Cam. All we're trying to do is win. So, that's an interesting response to uh, this whole situation. So, uh, pretty aggressive from Bill Guerin. Oh. What up, homie? Come back home soon, please, and be healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So some really strong comments from Bill Guerin, uh, and that, uh, that that goaltending situation certainly like look, he's right. Camp Talbot's under contract, but we saw Talbot was a little upset at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh it sounds it sounds like that did not go away with the signing of Marc Andre Fleury. Dude, no kidding. Well, and them having the great relationship and all that stuff, it's like guess not. Yeah, like they could, they could have a great relationship personally, but it's obvious that Talbot's not happy with that situation. Right. Wow. Seeing that and Huso treated rights treated this morning made me feel just in a twenty four hour cycle so much better about the decision for Gorgiev to come here, um, because. I was looking back in March on how like the New York fan base and how this was being reported about even his relationship with the team at the time. And I think things had soured with Georgiev um, in New York around the deadline. And he was as good as gone was being shopped, but with the summer in mind because he had perhaps an attitudinal issue with being behind Shesterkin. And it kind of feels similar to the situation Minnesota's in now, though the difference between Flurry and Talbot is very different from Shesterkin and Georgiev. Um, I think it makes it interesting because we had a conversation about who the starter would be between Frankie and Georgiev, and we thought, oh, it's Frankie, right? But hearing Joe Sackick at the draft yeah. kind of address this, and then seeing what we know the conversations were like back in March, there was probably some expectation outlined to Georgiev ahead of him coming here that might actually pave the path to being a starter more clearly than we had initially discussed. Yeah, no, I was definitely, I was a little, uh, I was a little surprised to hear Joe come right out and say that yesterday. We brought your in to be the number one. Um, yeah. So can, can people stop pretending like we're the bad guys that don't think Frankie's the starter? I yeah. I was going to say, cause Joe Sackick's number one on that list of Frankie's our backup. <laughs> right. Um, and, and so, so here's the one thing I will say. I think, I think it's important. And I think this is why Joe Sackick did it. I think it's important to have a number one that you have your faith in 
this is our guy. Goaltending is as much mental as it is anything else. And I don't think you make that move if you're not confident in Pavel Francouz as, as the backup. And, and I think you say, look, we think Georgiev has starter upside. And if he stumbles, we have a 1B option that we can go to in tandem if this doesn't go the way we want. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I was surprised. I was surprised to hear him say that. Outright. Yeah. I mean, yes and no. Like, they made that move, and it was kind of like, okay. I still want to see the contract, um, but. You said you don't want to see it? I do. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. Because that'll, that'll really drive some of my feelings about, you know, how much money did they save? How much money three, can they apply it elsewhere? Three, I, I, dude, three, I don't two? even think it should, I don't even think it should be three. Right. Yeah, an 890 save percentage last year. No, I'm with you. Yeah. He's never been a starter in the league. He's, he's only started 30 games twice in his career. Like I, the, the track record isn't there to give him that, that amount of money for me. Yeah. For me, I'm like, that should be, that should be like two years of 2.5 mil per like that's, that's, that's what I think. You just give him Frankie's deal basically. Uh, I mean, I would give him a little more than that, um, just because his qualifying offer is what it is uh, at two point six. So you you want to you want to come in that neighborhood, maybe save a little bit this year, but give him a second year. So um, anyway, anyway, whatever. I don't yeah. I don't really want to get too much into this. Uh, just yeah, yeah. Whenever whatever whenever it happens, I will have things to say about it. Of course, so. Uh, Megan, I'm going to start with you. The first deal yesterday, and we may have touched on it. Actually, no, I don't think we did. Uh, Alex DeBrinkat goes from the Chicago Blackhawks to the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. This happened right at the end of our show, so we were right all like, reacting show. to that's it right. live. That's right, that's right, that's right. Uh, so Chicago gets the number seven overall pick, as well as a second-round pick this year, and then a third-round pick in 2024. Megan, my question for you... Chicago Blackhawks say they are going scorched earth rebuild. They need good young players. So their first move is to trade a 24 year old two time 40 goal scorer. Megan Angley says what? I guess that is going scorched earth because he's someone I would have considered part of the young core to build around. So to see him exit feels like they're it's fire sale. Yeah, this one didn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, the two guys that they moved out yesterday were the two guys that you'd think if you're going full rebuild, you'd want to keep around just given the age. Uh, I mean, like I said, you know, we were talking about undersized guys earlier. Alex Debrinka has burst onto the scene, undersized, two-time 40-goal scorer, I think two- or three-time 30-goal scorer. It was just an odd move, and 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 to me, the the return they got is fine. It was okay. There's nothing wrong with getting a top ten pick, but prioritizing it in this draft, which is what Kyle Davidson said when they asked him about it. He said, "Look, we won't. We like Alex, he's a good player, but we wanted to get in the top ten to go take Korchinski. Like sent, like picked my name, and like that's what we wanted to do." We wanted to get we wanted to get into the top ten, so we go pick this guy. All right, like call your shot, I guess. Like, it's kind of weird. The twenty twenty two draft has not been 
particularly lauded by by scouts up to this point. Now, obviously, time will tell. We said this is we didn't think the 2017 draft was going to be all that good either, and it turned out to produce a bunch of monsters. So, um, you know, you never really know, but uh, it seemed interesting that Chicago went so hard mm-hmm. into the rebuild path in this draft class. Like they just said, we're doing it now. And you mentioned they move out two young players. They all they're they're not qualifying Dylan Strom. Right. He scored 22 goals for them last year. And I was going through Strom's underlying numbers and all this to see if I missed something. This I don't get it, man. Like they did the same thing last year when they didn't give a qualifying offer to Pia Suter, who ended up in Detroit being just fine. So you're you're what is what is it what is it that these guys are seeing at the NHL level that they're not happy with where they're letting like decent players just walk away and giving up, you know, they're in an, in a hurry to give up on DeBrincat and now they they wait 10 seconds to give up on Kirby Doc. Right. Like what I, blows my mind. So, uh, so is then... he is Davidson just trying to turn the page from Bowman and saying this is my organization. We're we're just cleaning out the past, except for the stars, except for Taze and, and Kane. Well, so so that's what I was going to ask you next, because then right after the Debrinkat trade, uh, you had the Islanders trading uh, their 2022 first uh, first round pick, 13th overall, to the Canadians for Alexander Romanov and a 2022 fourth. The Canadians then go flip that first round pick and their own second round pick. Uh, to the Blackhawks for Kirby Doc. Uh, you know, the, the, from the Islanders' side, you give up Devon Taves for two second-round picks, and then you it's go spend a first-round pick. It's done. They've got to move on from the – everybody has to move on from the Taves thing. Well, no. It's done. I mean, it's not a big deal for me. I don't care. But I, I just mean then... the general you. Like, because people are – people. a lot of people yesterday love to make this point. Like, yeah, oh, but... they, they move on from Devon Taves, and then they go and trade assets for a defender. And you're like, it's been a – It's first of all, it's been two years. And they right. they but... they're, they need help back there. They In that right. same time, they have hemorrhaged guys. Like, Johnny Boychuk suffers a career-ending injury. You know, like some things have happened here. Uh, they Nick they they chose Nick Letty over Devon Taves because of poor performance in the postseason from Taves that had just happened when they when they were in that cap crunch. Um, so that like that part of this story happened, and now Nick Letty is also gone. Tony Boychuk is gone. Devon Taves is gone. They have hemorrhaged talent. Well, on and the I back think end. and I think that's I think that's the point that a lot of people are making was like it's easy to look back at it with hindsight and be like, Oh, you shouldn't have done that. But there is just a level of, I don't know if it's irony, uh, but yeah, that they, they move on from this guy. Cause it was kind of, you know, they couldn't afford to keep him. Now they're having to give assets. Regardless, it's not the part of this trade I'm wanting to talk about. Um, <clears throat> Megan Kirby doc <clears throat> had a great first year. And then he's been kind of up and down. If you are running the Chicago Blackhawks, <clears throat> One, are you ready to give up on this kid this quickly? And then two, I actually, I fully agree with what AJ said there. It seems to me like Davidson is just saying, cool, we are going to clean this out completely and just start over. Is that kind of what it looks like to you as well? Definitely. He's only 21. That's not an age to give up on a player. So, 
thought you meant Davidson. Oh, I was like, oh, so. such a baby. He's so young. He's got so much potential. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, no, Kirby Doc. He's just so young. It, it that that's the only thing I can think of is giving up on someone too soon. It must be something like wanting a clean slate then for your organization to start from within. And I actually was thinking about it, you know, what his interviews must have been like, right, for this position. Because obviously ownership had to have some idea that this is what he was going to come in and do. And and, and to be honest, based on the comments he's made, I I would be surprised if this season ends with Patrick Kane and Devon Taves on the roster. I don't know if he gets a move before opening night, um, but I can't imagine that either of those guys are too happy. Uh, do you think, I mean, AJ, do you think this was part of the plan? I'm going to come in and just burn it down and we'll start all over again. Yeah. Made Duncan Keith retire. Yeah. (laughs) Kidding. It's, uh, I don't know. It it was, it was pretty jarring to watch them make these moves yesterday. It was Uh, jarring is a good word for it because, uh, last year when they decided to go for it, you know, oh, hey, we're trading for Marc-Andre Fleury. We're trading a ton of assets for Seth Jones. We're signing guys and, you know, they traded for Tyler Johnson. Uh, like they, they were like, hey, we're loading up on some guys here to fill in some holes. Let's go for it. Let's add this talent. Let's do this thing. Let's get back into the postseason. Let's make the, the, the second half of these contracts with uh, Taves and Kane count and Whoops. They botched it. And now they're cleaning house. Except for those guys where you're like, like, I can understand Seth Jones. You've made this massive commitment. Honestly, let's be real here. He had a pretty good bounce back season for the Blackhawks. Very good. Um, You have to feel like, okay. And, and Hey, look, Patrick, Patrick Kane is still a good player. Yeah. Very good. Um, Very good. Did, Jonathan Taves, not 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 so much, um, yeah, but still, but he's still Jonathan Taves. But if you put him on the trade market, especially with one or two years left, and you're willing to eat some salary to make a move, like you could still probably fetch a decent a decent amount of return to to get your rebuild going. And then if Patrick Kane's like, look, I don't really want to be a part of this prolonged rebuild that you guys have kind of set us up for, um, then that guy that guy should get you all kinds of stuff. Like, that right. guy should be the focal point of your rebuild. Am I mistaken? I'm remembering Patrick Kane being caught up in rumors of wanting out of Chicago ahead of rebuild. And then those being denounced, like, no, no, that's not true. But the fact that those rumors sprouted up in the season feels interesting then to see the off-season moves that have happened. I sure hope those weren't, or I sure hope those were just rumors because Patrick Kane's in for a big storm. Yeah, um, I think you're right in that when Bowman was still in charge, they were like, no, we don't want to do, like, we don't want to be a part of any of a rebuild, and so they weren't going to rebuild. And now they very clearly just shifted into, hey, we're burning it all down. Like, right now, they're forwards. I mean, Taylor Radish and Boris Kachuk and Mike Hardman, Mackenzie Entwistle. This is a college team? Like, what is going is on Hedwig here? Is Hedwig Borgstrom still there? Uh, I, he's under contract. I don't know if he's actually on the NHL club. 
uh, guys like Sam Lafferty and Brett Connolly, Tyler Johnson. Like, what is this group of players? Like, We're these get are what? four or five electric games between the Blackhawks and the Coyotes next year, dude. They'll probably be great games because they'll be of even talent. Like, this is a team that's very clearly like, hey, we're going for Connor Bedard. We want Matvey Mitchkov. We want Adam Fantilli. Especially with Fantilli being in Chicago the last several years to play for the Steel. Like, that's that's what they're after. Like, this is a burn it down. Let's go for the 2023 draft. So, that's, that's why I thought it was weird that they made so many moves prioritizing yesterday's draft class. They right. could have gone yeah. for 2023 picks. Right. They, right. they ate, they ate the Peter Mrazek contract from the Maple Leafs to move down 13 spots or to move up 13 spots in this year's draft class. And, and so that's the next deal I want to get into that one. And then, and then a couple of the deals that the uh, coyotes made, but this is the DNBR avalanche podcast brought to you by DraftKings sportsbook also brought to you guys by athletic greens who is the only reason i've been able to stand upright and talk to you guys this whole week uh uh it's great product seriously guys i i i I started just using them kind of regularly uh hannah my fiance drinks them most days before she goes to work um just kind of fills her up kind of a nice little breakfast supplement till she can get down to work get a bagel stuff like that uh, but I've been feeling crappy for the last week, and so I've been trying to drink these things uh, as as much as I can. And seriously, I, I notice a huge I notice a huge increase in energy and and just the way I'm feeling and and, and my ability to get up and be around after I uh, after I finish one of these. It's just one scoop of powder in your water. Shake it up. Uh, they give you a nice little bottle with all the measurements right there on the side, uh, so you know how much water to put, how much you can should scoop, and all that good stuff. And, and it's I know a lot of people don't like the all natural tasting, but really the, the, the taste is good. Uh, you, you, you drop it in there. Uh, we use a little uh, lemonade packet that we put in and it's actually really, really good. Uh, tastes very natural. And look, you slam it down, you get 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Uh, they help you start your day right. Your special blend of ingredients to support superfoods. your gut. Superfoods. AJ, get a, all of them come with a big S stamped right on the front. You know, that's just how they grow in the wild. Um, <laughs> just a big S on there. Uh, supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, uh, your recovery, which is one of the things that I'm talking about, and your aging, which I turned 30 this year, so I definitely need it. Turning, uh, turning 30 was one of my favorite parts of my whole life because I stopped worrying about doing anything in my 20s and living up to the expectations of being in my 20s and it allowed me to start being the old man that I've always wanted to be. Perfect. Perfect. Being in my 30s has been amazing. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you guys one free year, uh, a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash avalanche that's athleticgreens.com slash avalanche uh, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance seriously guys they are awesome for those of you that know me uh for me to be endorsing something like this that is literally just a blend of vegetables into your water 
you know it has to be good. You know it has to be making you feel good. If I'm sitting here saying that I drink it, because um, I'm team no veggie on a lot of stuff. Fried rice, noodles, pasta, get those veggies out of here. Uh, do that athletic greens, though. Jesse, Megan, AJ here talking about the uh, NHL draft. And I honestly, we're flying through this show. So we're, I'm going to have to kind of go rapid speed here. I can't believe we're already at 50 minutes into this. Um, I mean, we're allowed to do whatever we want to do, man. No, no I know. Can't. I just, I know rules. We're about to, we're about to, we're about to run into in, in one week from today. The hockey world will mostly go on vacation and we will be doing shit like the brother draft. The well, see, and that's why I don't want to eat in too. I don't, I don't want to go too in depth into this stuff because we're gonna have to be stretching. We're gonna have to do a whole show about this Peter Morazic trade in two weeks. Um, the Maple Leafs find a way to get out from under the Peter Morazic contract, and the Chicago Blackhawks get a warm body uh, to put in net. Blackhawks uh, send a second round pick that was used today to the Maple Leafs in return. They get Peter Morazic and a first rounder. Uh, this was just a, a cap dump, right? For the Maple Leafs and, and yep. the uh, Blackhawks took advantage. Here was the one that really surprised me. <clears throat> Zach Cassian and a first round pick to the Coyotes in exchange for a second round pick this year, or excuse me, I'm sorry, a first round pick this year, a third round pick in 2024, and a second round pick in 2025. The Edmonton Oilers <laughs> made a deal. huge deal all season about we want our first round pick. We want to be picking in our spot in the first round. Da, 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 da. So we can't go upgrade at goalie, and it's going to cost us getting swept just to end up trading back to the last pick of the first round anyways. And then you know who they took with that pick? A I guy don't. who's a guy who's NHL comp is Zach Cassian. I, 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 Ken Holland got first place GM of the year votes. True story. That has to be organizational, right? Like there has to be some type of, because it's different GMs, it's different head coaches, and the mistakes just don't change. I I don't understand what Edmonton is doing. Yeah, like so, it's just clearing, it's just clearing cap space, right? Because now, and then with Duncan Keith retiring today, they've got a ton of cap space to work with. They can sign Evander Kane. They can sign whatever defenseman they want to waste their money on. They can go sign Darcy Kemper for a jillion dollars. Like they're the 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 door is open now for them to be major movers and shakers in this in this this summer. It will be fascinating to see what they do with it. Although I don't think anybody can truly sign Evander Kane until his arbitration thing or his well, well they. They can. Settlement hearing is has gone through. They, they can, but I don't know why anybody would want to because there's a chance that you're told your contract is invalid and he has to go back to his one that he had yeah. in San Jose. Like teams, teams can't prioritize that guy. Right, 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 right. Just, just a really peculiar move. Um, and then, Megan, this was the one that you started talking about earlier. Uh, the St. Louis Blues trade 
the rights uh, to Ville Husso to the Detroit Red Wings um, for a 2022 third round pick. Had a super chat all the way back at the beginning of the show. Wanted to make sure we circled back around. $5 from BD Wheeler. Sorry to go off topic, but what are your thoughts on the Husso deal? Not off topic anymore. Megan, we'll start with you. Uh, what were your thoughts? Ville Husso leaving not only the Central Division, but the Western Conference altogether. Going to the Detroit Red Wings, you now are going to have a tandem of Alex Nedeljkovic and Ville Husso in Detroit. I think when I alluded to this, the 24-hour cycle making me feel better about Joe Sackett's move, I think this sets the tone for the possibility of Darcy Kemper's rights um, being used as a trade asset. And this also made this window of opportunity for other teams going out and looking for a starter even tighter because now this is another starting goaltender that has been taken off of this goalie carousel. And I don't know if everyone else was expecting it to happen as soon as it did, but I just think that's going to create some desperation on other teams looking for a starter and increases the value of uh, Darcy's rights as a result. And that could just be something that Sackick had the foresight in doing and maybe anticipated this becoming more valuable in as short as 24 hours um, and giving the app some leeway if he chooses to use that option. Yeah, no, it's, you know, we talked about it yesterday, him, him, Joe Sackick uh, going and getting Alexander Georgiev kind of before this market starts shaking out. And, and it's a good thing he did. Cause you would have been again, kind of like last year standing there trying to get the last chair, um, before the music stops pulls another uh, goaltender off the board. AJ, your thoughts. Uh, I know that I'm much, much, much lower on Alex Nedeljkovic than most. Uh, do you have thoughts on this either way? Red wings or blues? Um, I'm surprised the blues got a third. I'm surprised Eiserman gave up a third. Uh, again, it's the same thing he gave up for Nedeljkovic last year. Um, for his UFA rights, like just go sign the guy, man. Like, right. I, I, I guess I'm. It's weird to me that he's did he did it two years in a row, but also, it's nice when you have cap space uh, and you've accumulated a jillion assets that you could just be like, ah, well, we're gonna go keep taking chances on trying to fix this position until we think we've got it right. Um, I am really interested from St. Louis's perspective. Because Jordan Bennington straight lost that job this year. And the only reason that there was any confidence in Jordan Bennington whatsoever was because of about a 10-day stretch where he beat the Wild in the postseason uh, and then got, like, like was competitive with the Avs through two games. Talking two games. Right. Right. So it was, the, like, that's all it took. That's all it took for Bennington to win back his job to this level was Ville Husso not playing well in his first ever postseason and and Bennington beating the wild and being good against the abs for two games. Yeah. That was it. That was that was St. Louis made their bed. They made their goalie decision with Jordan Bennington. Now I think we all probably expected that Bennington was the guy they were going to pick, just the track record involved and all. But, like, this is the guy that lost his job during during this last season. Right. He was not any good. 
Well, and if you were going to go out and make a trade, well, and I mean, obviously, maybe maybe it was, but hey, do you guys have any interest in taking Jordan Bennington? Um, you know, if he was really that highly sought after, if he was really that highly thought of, I just thought it was interesting that why aren't people calling on that guy? Well, if he was the difference between the Blues getting eliminated and winning a cup, as is right, well, and yeah, and like idiots are going to idiot, right? That entire city has shown its ass over the last two months. Um, I get it; they're mad. The arch is mine. Like I understand being salty. Your whole identity is now in my backyard as a fucking prop. Um, now a lawn like, ornament, like cool. You know, like we we put some furniture on it, like every once in a while. Z and I will probably go out and uh, hang out on the swing that we attach to it later. It'll be great. Um, but it's it's really like um, I I'm just curious what's what's next for them because like I understand Bennington won them a cup, but it's not 2019 anymore. As much as those fans are trying to pretend that it was right. Like they have so far, they haven't re-signed Nick Letty. They've now lost the goaltender that propped them up as Bennington melted down last season. They they've got they they haven't touched their defense. They lost out on the Ryan McDonough thing to a division rival, no less. Right. Um. They're they haven't gotten any better. Um. Uh, they haven't, and they they still don't have David Perron under contract. Yeah. So I'm. So pretty curious here what the blues kind of have in play like the blues always pull something out they always do something notable they always are 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 willing to to step into the spotlight and do something big uh to spend money to do whatever so i have full faith that they'll do something Something. here but until that happens i'm i'm sitting here going what you guys gonna do with those 920 goal scores right 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 uh, the other two trades of the day that were notable, uh, Vitek Vanacek goes from the Washington Capitals to Whoa, the New I Jersey. Missed you missed that one? Yeah. yeah to, to the New Jersey Devils uh, in exchange for a second and a third round pick this year. Whoa. So the Devils have another goaltender. Uh, and then that Tony- was New Jersey was a team that I thought was going to be heavy into the goalie market for them to make the play for Vanacek. Takes them out of Jack Campbell, Darcy Kemper. Yeah. Darcy Kemper's going to the Oilers, isn't he? Like, that's actually happening. Oilers or Toronto? Yeah. They're going to switch. Jack Campbell will go to the, to, to, can go to the Oilers and Darcy Kemper can go to Toronto. Yeah. 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 That's my, that's my official guess. I think Jack Campbell goes to the Oilers for something different and then Kemper lands in Toronto. Golly. Um, that's good for and then Toronto. Tony D'Angelo from the Carolina Hurricanes to the Philadelphia Flyers in exchange for, a second, third, and fourth round pick. Um, I don't get it. I understand. I understand. Everybody hates Tony D'Angelo for other reasons, but from a hockey perspective, I don't get it. Um, I was like, my initial reaction to that deal was uh, that, that Tony D'Angelo was pretty good in Carolina, but he had a really good, good year. Season. Also, also like Rasmus Ristolainen is still a thing in Philadelphia, who's very redundant to Tony D'Angelo's skill set. Um. I just don't get it. Yeah. Um, like, I, I, they had Shane Goss to spare a year ago, and they've since, they gave him away to Arizona completely for free, 
and have given big money to both Ristolainen and, and D'Angelo. I, well, I, I for one, am looking forward. I hope, sucks. I hope Amazon picks Philly for their uh, like behind the scenes show next year, just so we can see uh, John Tortorella, John Tortorella, and Tony D'Angelo locker boxing after every game in practice. And Rasmus Ristolainen, like that guy's the laziest defender, and Tortorella is just going to be like, no, no, I can't handle this. No. Um. So I'm gonna wrap. I'm gonna wrap this up with two more draft things. Do you guys want to do Abs draft first or Arizona draft first? Arizona draft first. This is mostly just kind of anecdotal. Maverick Lamaru, were you guys watching last night? Mm. His his parents straight making out on national television. I, love I didn't. Love. I didn't understand what the big deal was. They've 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 supported this kid there the entire life. They've they've devoted God knows how many hours towards towards uh, supporting their kid, chasing his dream, and he just achieved it. And so they just started making out. Like was, we should it, all be in such a healthy relationship that our response to happiness is like, let's fucking do this. Let's jump it was, down. It was just such an aggressive celebratory kiss. You see the celebratory parents hug and kiss all the time. I was like, whoa, right here in the fucking, in the, in the luxury box. eh? good for you. Yeah, Um, no straight up. Like I thought that ruled. I was like, good for y'all. Like get you some, my, my boy, uh, Jonathan joy, send me that video along with, uh, Maverick Lamaru's stat line. Six for this last year, 69, four goals, Four goals, 20 assists, and 69 penalty minutes. And his parents are making out on TV. How did this kid not go number one overall? What was that? Doesn't it feel like we're in a simulation between what Chicago's doing right now? Shane Wright falling so far in the draft. Well, it was just just a cherry on top of yesterday's lunacy. Like yesterday was crazy, and it all gets capped off by the Lamaru parents making out, and their son having four goals, twenty points, and sixty-nine penalty minutes. Uh, it just—it all made way too much sense. It was like the uh, internet's hero, <laughs> and and then his name is Maverick. Right, 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 right. Lamaru, yeah. Um, going to Arizona. Uh, if he makes it to the NHL in the next couple of years, he'll be playing on ASU's campus. Uh, then I did just want to round out the Abs do use their two picks. Uh, They do have a draft class that is two players deep. Chris Romaine to add to their greenery. Uh, They now have Kale and Romaine. And then AJ. Also a puck-moving defenseman. Puck-moving defenseman. Uh, And then I'm going to default to you because I've already forgotten how to pronounce this kid's name. Me too. Uh, Goalie. Yeah, yeah, he's a goaltender. Ivan Shkalov? Sure. Zhigalov. Zhigalov. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go um, with it. So, AJ, you said it right before we started. Um, right before you hit, uh, hit to go live. Look, if you're going to have two picks in a draft and uh, that's all you've got, usually taking a defenseman and a goaltender is not a bad thing. You've actually heard some good stuff on this goaltender since the pick was taken. 
Yeah, the uh, a bunch of draft nicks immediately were like, "Ooh, this was one of my favorite sleeper picks of of the year. This is a guy that I really liked." Blah 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 blah. So people really, you know, people said the same thing when the Avs took Trent Minor too. So that's not a knock on Trent Minor. I'm just saying the same. It was the same reaction. He was also a seventh round pick. Uh, he was really, really, really well liked. Um, so that's, uh, hey, they got him with the last pick. So like, awesome. He's six three. He's really athletic, and he needs a lot of coaching up. Great. Right. That's why. That's why he was available in the seventh round. Like, okay, cool. I'm all about it, man. Let's see him at Dev Camp whenever they have it this summer. And uh, I don't for for two picks made in the sixth and seventh round. I'm actually excited about the goalie. Uh, yeah. I don't know that we ever see Chris Romain beyond a development camp. I don't. I don't. He's got a long way to go. But he's going to Providence. Like he's gonna. He's going to a good school that has a, a good history of of developing quality back end players. So hey, cool, man. I'm I'm about it. They had. They had picks in the sixth and seventh round, and I'm I've got reasons to to be excited about both. So that feels like a pretty big win. Yeah, and you know, with the goaltender, again, you're taking with the last pick in the draft. The last pick in the draft. If you get a, an Eagles game out of him, you're smacking high fives, and and everything feels everything feels pretty great. So if you get where Trent Miner is right now out of the goalie, then you're you're thrilled. Like you're okay, great. Yeah, if I could guarantee that that they would give him an ELC and that he would like be worth it and to- blah blah blah, awesome. Cool, uh, Megan, AJ, any final thoughts as the uh, draft weekend comes to a close and we now turn our attention to NHL free agency, which is now five days away. I have every faith in Joe Sakic, GM of the year. Right, that's right. GM of the year, Hunter Vale. Oh my gosh. Shout out to Hunter. One of my favorite people ever. Uh, outstanding goaltender. Great to see you. Great to hear from you, Hunter. Um, one of my favorite people ever. Haven't seen you in way, way too long. AJ, final thoughts? Uh, I'm excited. I mean, we got a lot of work to do, man. I actually hate that it's the weekend because free agency is like upon us now. And we're now going to have two days off where the league could look totally different when we do our show on Monday. Is that so, what it is? Monday? Oh, no, no, no. no you're just saying that Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> when we do our show on Monday, like it's just going to like so many things could happen in the next couple, in the next couple of days. Um, you know, I heard good things about Natush progress being made with Natushkin today. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see if that actually gets finalized. If, you know, you never know how things go with this. You never know like where the snag ends up being, right? Um, but we'll like we'll see. We'll we'll see how this goes, and um, hopefully, hopefully, we have an emergency pod over the weekend at some point just to talk about. Hey, they re-signed one of their key guys. Yeah. No, it was. Oh, uh, it was. Oh, it, it, hey, it would be great if they could trade Darcy Kemper's rights. Like if yeah. third round pick to Detroit. I don't think they'll get a third round pick, but. If they could get, like, I, I would not, please no more sixth and sevenths. Um, but, like, if they could get, like, a fourth or a fifth, like, I, come on. Come on, Joe. Um, yeah, no, it uh, it should be fun. It was a nice little low-impact week for us. Uh, just, just a nice <clears throat> departure from what it's been in the past, where you've gone from the playoff disappointment to have to shift into draft mode, gear up for all that. Um, this has been a really fun last couple weeks. Obviously, we got to go through the whole... Stanley Cup final cup run. Um, 
got to see them win the cup. And then it's just been this fun little like kind of wind down. And now we get to ramp it up here for a week. And then it's, it's hockey summer. It is, it is vacation for the hockey world for at least four, four to six weeks before we are back into the swing of things. So uh, keep uh, an eye out. We, uh, we, we have a whole title of the show. We didn't name any winners and losers. So oh my God. Seattle, Seattle, a big winner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess Maverick Lamaru's parents are big winners. Big winners. Florida Panthers getting Jack Devine. Okay. Florida Panthers getting Jack Devine. Okay. I mean, a lot of a lot of DU kids got drafted, right? A lot did. He just went he slipped so far down in the draft beyond what I expected him to. That's a good pick for Florida. It was late, wasn't it? Really that late. That pick. Yeah. He, like, I had him like between under a hundred, late fifty range and he went much further. Well, and the Hayduke's kid goes undrafted. Okay, yeah. yeah. There's still so, a chance to have. So you can make it happen. So, Hayduke's kid, a loser for the weekend. That sucks. So, I was going to say, why, why don't we do Montreal, winners or losers? Uh, winners, because they got to make the choice they wanted to make. Arizona? Uh, winners, I guess, just because Think so. they're they're yeah, the, the, like I could disagree with Cooley versus Wright, but at the end of the day, they walk out of the first round with Logan Cooley and Connor Geeky, and I guess Maverick Lamoureux. Uh Then we said Seattle were winners in the last. Then two more teams I'm going to ask you on Chicago. Gigantic, gigantic L, gigantic L. Uh, and then the Avs. What do you think of the Avs this weekend? Switzerland. So far, winners because they got a they got a starting goaltender and they drafted their next starting goaltender. Bam. Heard it here first. You heard it here first. Goaltender of the future. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening and watching. As always, it is Friday. Thor: Love and Thunder came out today. I'm gonna go see that tonight. Uh, the roommate, the roommate went and saw it last night because he was afraid of spoilers today. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm, now that now that the Genius draft's move. over, I'm off. I'm off the. Uh, I'm off the Twitter. I'm actually gonna get rid of the chat section now. Yeah, mute phrases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mute, mutes as many things as you can, man. Uh, I'm actually. I'm just gonna clean the house here for a little bit. Put some music on. Put the phone down. Clean the house, and then uh, go see it. Looking forward to it. But it is the weekend, so like AJ said, unless something happens that. Um, requires an emergency pod which there's a great chance it will uh we won't talk to you guys until monday and then from monday to wednesday it's a dead sprint until free agency uh so keep an eye out we'll have plenty of content coming your guys's way for megan and aj our boy yaya behind the glass i am jesse montano thank you guys all so much for listening have a great weekend